Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by PointsBet. Use the promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to 2000 bucks. It's a Tuesday. The whole crew's in here. Cody Del Mundo, Ryan Herrera, I'm Luke Stuckmeyer, and a special guest, our first in-studio guest ever, Joe Kilgallen, a local Chicago comedian who also happens to be a huge Cubs fan. So now... That trivia question goes out there. Who was the first ever in-studio guest? Oh, I love it. Huh? I'd love to be an answer for anything. Well, thanks for having <laughs> me, fellas. It's going to be great. This is going to be a lot of fun. Um, you know, I just want to start with getting to know you a little bit. Now, Cody knows you pretty well, but um, when did you start rooting for the Cubs? Do you remember your first game or anything like that? It's funny you mentioned that. I do remember my first game because I was on my fifth birthday. I was five years old. And my dad took me, it was just myself and my dad, and he always said, I waited till you were five, because I figured that was an age in which you would remember your first yeah. game. Now, to the people out there who take their one and two-year-olds, you're doing it for Instagram, we know that. <laughs> but think about it, shouldn't you remember the first time you were at Wrigley Field, because it's such a majestic, beautiful place? Agree. And so it's I'm true. very grateful for that. And I have a son who turned five in February, Cubs don't play in February, but I'm going to take him Father's Day weekend to his first game. There so it go. comes full circle, right? There you go. Nice, nice. Uh, did you have a favorite player as a kid growing up? Or Yes. Andre Dawson I was obsessed Hawk, with Andre Dawson, the Hawk. I thought he had the coolest batting stance. Um, I remember watching a game when I was like six, and it was in New York at Shea, and it was a fly ball to right field, and there was a runner in third. I wish I could remember the, the runner, but my dad's like, they're not going to run on Dawson. They're not going to run on Dawson. And then they tried, and he gunned him, and it was just it was a thing of beauty, just an absolute frozen a bullet, a bullet from right field, and that guy was just, he was the guy. Do you think you could ever bet on yourself the way he did, the, the whole blank contract thing? No, <laughs> no. I, I never had a stand-up gig where you're like, you know what? Write me a check afterwards. Pay, whatever pay me you whatever you want. Um, <laughs> no, I need the money up front. <laughs> I, I, I was a Chicago public school kid growing up. You take that money up front. Um, no, I wasn't going to roll the dice like he did, but it worked. 49 homers, 137 driven in. Legend grew from that to point on in Chicago, you know? Yep, then he is. then they pulled him out of the Ivy in a commercial 30 years later. <laughs> well, he's got to get that money back because $500,000 for an MVP season even back then was insulting. <laughs> That's true. So State Farm had to pay him extra. Sure. I saw that Obvious shirts came out with a new hat for him. It's kind of cool. I thought about getting it. It's like the, a giant hawk with an eight coming down. They're getting hmm. their stuff ready for uh, the start of this season like everybody else. By yeah. the way, I heard our dope merch is on the way. Ooh, dope, huh? dope merch. We'll have to get you some. 24 boxes now. arriving very soon. We'll have to get you some dope merch. Yeah, you guys going to have coffee mugs? I feel like a lot of shows, <laughs> they always had the coffee mug with the merch, and 
Is there whiskey in there? You don't know. I don't it's your think little secret. we have mugs yet. Kind of like, and, po- and we could pose it like Pedro Strope did on Instagram the other day when he was like wearing a tank top. I don't know if you guys saw that. He's like wearing a, he was wearing a tank top. His like whole chest is out and he's just hanging out <laughs> down. He's Dominican, I think. He's just hanging out in his homeland and he had a, a, a Cubs coffee mug and he just like tagged the Cubs in the account and just said, you know, I don't remember what he said, but it was just like the most Pedro Strope p- picture that you've ever seen. Some people are just always cool. Yeah, he's like he's just the coolest dude. Do you, uh, Joe? You ever work Cubs into the, or Cubs fandom into your stand-up work? Uh, yes, actually. When I first started, it was the season the Cubs got Milton Bradley. Okay, <laughs> and <laughs> they Lots just of jokes. yeah, they just signed Bradley, and people, a lot of people weren't happy about that signing. They're like, "Oh, he's a jerk. He's a bad guy." And my whole thing was like, we haven't won a World Series in 100 years. I mean, I'm not asking to babysit my kids. I, I want, you know, see the 938 OPS last year. Let's go. Like, it does, I don't care if you're a good person. Obviously, you can make a joke like that in 2008. Yeah. Nowadays, people would have grilled me a little bit more, and there was no Twitter back then. But every now and then, I'll incorporate some stuff. I've been fortunate enough to do stand-up uh, for the Cubs at different events. I hosted Anthony Rizzo's last uh, – he did a laugh-off for cancer. I was on the one in 2018. He didn't do it in 2019, and I hosted the one in 2020. Um, and there was always been a lot of fun because Anthony loves stand up and he was always like, roast me, go after me, do all this. I, you know, I wanted to, you know, make fun of everything you can. And he's, he was just a great dude. And, uh, and then for Ryan Dempster, I did audience warm up for when he did two live shows of his off the mound and the Cubs athletes are good audience members. I've done shows for, and they just, they like to laugh. I think cause they work so hard. They're like, ah, who cares? Say whatever you want. Let's have some fun. Make yeah. fun of us. If they're going to get criticized regardless. So it's like, as long right. as you're doing it in a funny way, it probably doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't think they're going to Will Smith any of us. You know, so. <laughs> We'll get to that in a second. Is there anything that's, so is there anything that's off limits? Like, you mentioned Rizzo. I mean, there are certain things you're not going to say to a player, right? Well. What was off limits for you when he said, okay, go ahead and roast me? What are you like, all right, I'm not going there. Anthony, there's nothing off limits for Anthony. But at the time, it was so funny because the first year I did it, in the middle, they showed like how impactful the charity was, the Anthony Rizzo Foundation. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people are like crying in the audience because he's doing that charity did so many amazing things. And then it's like, all right, more stand up or more comedy. And I go up there. I remember people being like, he wants you to roast him. I'm like, he's Mother Teresa. How can I make fun of this guy after he helped all these children? So I kind of made fun of him for thinking he's like this, like, oh, talk this about me. Talk. I'm like, okay, yeah, you're a real easy target. All star first baseman, World Series champion. I mean, <laughs> I think I joke saying, I hope you have a little, you know what, just uh, so that you're not perfect. You know what I mean? Just I had to do something. Um, but as far as uh, anything off limits, I think it's, it's been a couple of years. I could tell this story. I think I've told you this before. You might have. At the 2020 event, uh, you know, things were a little sensitive. That This was before the pandemic, but there was a, it was a rough off season as far as the Rickets were concerned and some other stuff. And I was told, like, oh, don't really go hard at other players or anything and stay away from this and stay away from that. And it was David Ross's first, you know, upcoming season to be the manager. Right. And I said, oh, Ross was brought in because they wanted, you know, usher in a new era of accountability. And I said, well, I think the number one thing is no more players walking up to their lovers' walk-up songs. You know, I made like a Ben Zobris joke. Oh, oh. oh. <laughs> oh yeah. In which it got yeah. a big laugh. And then a few people were like, ooh, ooh is that okay? Is he okay to say that? And then afterwards, I talked to some people. I won't name any names. And they were all like, I can't believe he still came out to that song. Like, it was one of those things oh, where, right. for those of you who don't know, you could Google it. There was a whole thing. Um, love you, Ben. But it was a, it's a bad song. Uh, <laughs> use, like use Elton John's original. Yeah, Come on, man. I still say that that whole thing was the beginning of the down, of the down in. 
Because if Zobris plays that year, who knows how that team turns out. He, he came true. back in September, but, like, mm. they really needed him all season. Well, because his bat was always that high-contact bat that balanced out the strikeouts. Right. And he had a good 2018. Right? Mm-hmm. That's still, why you've got Madrigal now on the team yeah. and some of these other Nico guys. Because, yeah. yeah, Nico Horner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. high-contact guys is – I think they're kind of maybe the Cubs are overcorrecting a little bit, trying to get back that Dexter Fowler magic and that Ben Zobers magic. They got, they got got a lot of high contact bats, and you're like, where's the power going to come from? Right, we'll see. It's a lot of question in that, no doubt. Yeah. I would. So who? Which Cubs player would be tough to roast? Uh, I, I dare you to to roast Zambrano, former Cub. Like <laughs> I, I think that could go wrong real quickly. <laughs> You'd need, like, Derek Lee on your oh, other yeah. side. I to think if you it. were to roast Zambrano, you just got to start with the Gatorade cooler or the day that he threw the baseball into know. the bleachers. I like don't know. Those, like, those two moments, like, I feel like he would, like, now that it's been so long, I feel like you could do it now. But maybe. It, but, like, it, maybe. It's it, a risky I, proposition. Yeah. <laughs> He's a very nice, funny guy, but I, I think his switch to going angry back in the day was real quick. You know, so, no. Ask Michael Barrett. Yeah. Oh, no, he started training MMA after that. Barrett? Right, Barrett did, oh, yeah. Wow. And a couple people told me, they're like, he's going to this MMA gym now. And I'm like, oh, I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> Michael. I mean, that's the greatest moment in Cubs Sox crosstown history. It's For not sure. Jordan playing in a game that didn't matter. It's, it's the punch that had literally a whole stadium and anybody watching it like, Flying off their seats like no, yeah, yeah. that was that, it was unbelievable. Never forget that. That I was, was watching at home insane. and I remember my heartbeat just jumping. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not even there. I'm not in this fight. Why am I? It was just so out of nowhere. You just don't see <laughs> yeah. stuff like that. And that was 06, right. wasn't it? Yes, that was yeah. the, the year that didn't matter. They had like 96 losses, and it was just yeah. like the Sox. Didn't the Sox was, win that year? Was that in 05 or was that 06? It was the year after? Year, year after. after they won 90 games in 06, though they were a good team yeah, still. It yeah. was uh, didn't get in. It was it was quite oh, a moment yeah. in Cubs history. I'll say that much. Yeah, Zambrano would be tough. A guy like him, what you want to do, I've done this in the past, where you, you make a joke that's almost like a compliment joke, you know, yeah. um, which I did with Schwarber, because that night a lot of people were giving Schwarber a hard time about losing weight. This was the 2018 season. Remember he, lost, he showed up yeah. and was like, mm-hmm. whoa, he lost yeah. like 30 pounds. And, I, and then they were making fun of his defense. That was a big thing. Like all the comedians who went up that night, like Second City people, feel their stand-ups, were talking about how he can't catch anything and he's a terrible outfielder. And, and he took it in stride. But I went up there, and the joke I did was saying, like, dude, you hit 412 in the World Series. You should literally tell the bleacher bums, suck my D. I'll do whatever I want. <laughs> I go, if you want, you could be like Oprah and gain and lose 50 pounds every year and then tell everyone, again, I hit 412 in the World Series. <laughs> suck my – like, you know, that's what I would do. And he loved it, of course. You know, like, but then, and then after getting him on your side, you can make some of the jokes yeah. that are more hard-hitting. That's, what, that's the approach I would take with Zambrano. Oh, right. You know, just compliment him, him like, and then yeah. go after like, him. Like, 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 Lather him up. up. You yeah. know what I mean? You get exactly. him warmed up, and then you can kind of you can kind of do what you want for a little yeah. bit. Yeah. I feel like I'm giving, like, how to pick up a, a woman advice, right? <laughs> Here's what you want to do. Compliment her shoes. Then, no, I'm just kidding. I like, uh. You compliment Cody's shoes. He'll, he'll love you forever. Yeah, I know. Got him, right? Yeah, these are, these are my prized possessions. Yeah, but it's looking cloudy outside. I, you put them out on Twitter today, and I was like, that's <laughs> a roll of the dice. Wow, it's prized possession. And yeah, good luck. And like it could be a little damp outside when we leave. <sighs> yeah, you we'll got to wear bad shoes when the weather is bad. I mean, it, the sun was out this morning. I was I was feeling good about it. We'll yeah. see. It's going to be interesting on the right the way home tonight. <laughs> so we were talking, you know, Zimbrano, Joe. I I do want your take. It's the first thing I thought of when Cody's like, yeah, Joe's going to come on. I was like, oh, cool. And then the, the Will Smith 
Chris Rock thing happens, and I know you talked about it on your podcast. Yes. Um, so, I, I don't know. Are you afraid now because somebody's seen on national television that somebody can go up and just jack a guy in the face over a joke? Are you a little concerned <laughs> that this is going to be a problem for the uh, stand-up comedian moving forward? Because I don't know. I said, what if, yeah. it, what if it was Wanda Sykes standing up there made that joke? What, then what, what does Will Smith do? That's a good point. That's what everyone keeps bringing up. If it was anyone else. Yeah. Or, or what if, I mean, Chris Rock's tiny. Yeah. What if Chris Rock went down like a, you know, a wet rag and was just limp laying on the ground? It, that uh, that changes the whole outlook. Like, what if he knocked him out? Yeah, of course. Like, that's, there's so many different variables there. I'm, you should never hit anybody over a joke and all that kind of stuff. And then there's the side of it where I've, I've had a bad temper. I've been working on most of my life. You guys can tell by my hair color and skin tone. I've got a bad temper. And <laughs> I totally understand you, you want to have your wife's back and all that. But if you really, if we're going to break down the film, he laughed initially. Yeah. He yeah. saw her response mm -hmm. was, oh, my wife didn't like that joke. So now I got to do something to prove to her or whatever. That's where it, it gets me because everyone's like, oh, it's for the love. He loves her so much. If you love your wife so much, as soon as Chris Rock's making the joke, you would know this joke's not going to fly. Right. Like, yeah. I think we all, you know, if you, you're, I don't know if you, what your guys' relationship statuses are, but you would know, like, ooh, this is a joke she's going to hate. Right. He yeah. didn't, though. He saw her reaction, and then he decided to do <clears> something. <throat> so that part of me was there's a little bit of phoniness there to it. And yeah, it's not okay. Because like, again, if it was Chappelle who's pretty jacked up or Joe Rogan who could kick him in the head or, you know, there's other comedians <laughs> who are big dudes and you're right, Wanda Sykes, the same way. What, would he have gone up and slapped her? Right. Or would he have just yelled from the crowd? Either way, if I were, here's how we should have handled it. We should have said to her, listen, hey, I know, I know, this isn't, this isn't okay. I'm going to talk to him afterwards. Don't let it get to you. Let's try to enjoy the, our night as best as we can. I will talk to him afterwards. Then you go up to Chris Rock afterwards and say, hey, listen, that, right. that doesn't fly with me. Yeah. This is the second time you made a joke about her because I guess he did in like 2016 at the Oscars. I think you need to apologize. I don't even need you to apologize on TV. You need to go all walk up to her and say you're sorry. Right. That's how you do it. But then again, we all have bad moments. I don't, as far as answering your first question, my worried comedians are going to get attacked now. I'm worried for some of them because some of them are very weak, pathetic people, a lot of these comedians. <laughs> I mean, these are good friends of mine, but they, they can't fight. And, um, and, and some of these clubs don't have security. Uh, I'm not worried about myself too well because... You guys could tell I'm an Adonis. Um, <laughs> so, like, you know, if someone wants to come on stage and mess with these shoulders, that's up to them. You know, right. um, redheaded plus, Adonis. There you go. When you're on stage, you have the level. Yeah. Like, we're, we're up. Yeah. So, I did have it once where a guy tried to fight me, and I told him, I'm like, I'm going to kick you in the mouth. I'm, I'm going. If you try to climb on stage, I'm just going to kill you. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, what's like, what was the, what's the like, joke? Was it just like an ad lib, like, oh, wow. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, like what's like the most ugly. mad, like, <laughs> someone's been at you over a joke you did or during a show or whatever? What's the most mad that someone's gotten at you? This guy was pretty much there. This was about a month ago at the Laugh Factory, so, like Broadway and Belmont. And actually, like, seven or eight of the Blackhawks were in the crowd. Okay. And uh, I went to the game last night, courtesy of them, because they're like, hey, we saw something crazy. You now you come see us. Um, those guys actually have a good sense of humor because they're like, you want to see something funny? Come watch us play. I'm like, ah, you guys are young. You'll be fine. Um, <laughs> but they all have a good sense of humor. They, they know they're not having a good season. So this, I'm going last on this show. It's a Monday night, too, mind you, which is normally a pretty calmer, chilled audience. And this guy had been interrupting a lot of the comedians. And he was drunk. And then you, you found out he was a little something up his nose, too, perhaps, because of the way yeah. he was acting. And... The woman next to him was a good 20 years older than him, but she kept putting her head on his shoulder. And then he's like, oh, it's my mom. And we're like, is she? What's going on here? <laughs> yeah. And then when I was on stage, she was yelling something out, but I couldn't hear him. And then I said something like, all right, you want to calm down there. All right. You know, 
a lot of Walmart energy coming from you too. And uh oh, uh oh. Look, hey, I'm not. Look, some people have to shop at Walmart. That's not a bad yeah, thing. Great you do deals. what you got to do. Yeah. Right? They got I don't good shop deals. at Walmart. I'm not offended. Some of yeah, they might want to be a sponsor of ours someday. Some so. of the Hawaiian shirts that they see me wear got them from Walmart. Hey, I've gotten some stuff from Walmart in a pinch. I get it, but like it's a comedy show, right? And yeah. it's yeah, you know yeah. you're trying to describe a certain type of person or a certain type of energy. You've done it. Call yeah, yeah. I did. It got a big laugh. The audience liked it. He did not. <laughs> and he came up to the stage and, and started yelling stuff that did again it didn't make sense. That's what's frustrating as a comedian. I don't mind a heckler. Obviously, I don't want it. If you're if you're listening and you go to a comedy show, sit down and don't say anything. That's what I was trying to tell him. I'm like, you're yelling, no one else is. Is that not a clue to you that you should shut up? <laughs> you know, it's weird to me. People could go to the worst play ever, sit there in silence. They go to a stamp comedy show and they just think, oh, I'm gonna help the show and yell nonsense. But what's frustrating is if someone is heckling and you can't make out what they're saying it's hard for me to do anything with it to make it funny uh -huh. where if I could hear them and they're enunciating, then I could turn their words around and make the audience hate them even more. So he came up to the stage and I basically just told him like, this isn't going to end well for you. This just <laughs> don't do this. This is, there's a lot of other comedians where you could do this with, this is not going to, I'm telling you, you try to climb on the stage, I'm going to kick you in the face. I told him several times. And then the audience was kind of like hoping for it. Cause you know, I'm seeing people take their phones out and I'm like, Oh my God, are we going to see something film? Like, you know, and luckily the staff came and got rid of them. And uh, as he was leaving, he said, oh, you probably got bullied in high school. And I was like, dude, you're at a comedy show with your mom. Who's, the, who's really, or is it your mom? Like, you know, who, you're trying to tell me I got bullied? And the funny part is, as they were escorting him out, an audience member got up and shoved him to the ground. I remember go. being like, wow, this audience wow. has my back. This is, I didn't have to do anything. But that was the maddest I've ever seen someone. He got right up to the stage and started yelling stuff, and then the whole crowd got very scared. Yeah. Uh, but I don't, I, as far as you think, I don't know if it's going to be a regular thing. I don't know. I think maybe initially some people might try it. There's always going to be some copycat jackass now that's going to be like, I'm going to go, up. you know what, I'm going to have three more drinks and I'm going to go up and slap that guy after the next joke. Like, that will happen at some comedy shop. I agree. No, I agree. Just, you'll just have badass Joe kick him in the mouth. Like, it, that's right. It doesn't matter. You guys could check out my comedy calendar at joekilgallon.com if you want to try that. Go, <laughs> uh, but go. no, think about it. Remember when uh, the one guy came out, the two Father's son started beating up the first base coach for the Royals at Sox game. Right, right. About and a month later, yeah. a guy came out and tried to fight the umpire. Or less than a month. And there yeah, was two I mean, incidences oh, at the cell totally within the same month. That. Yeah, because it was a copycat thing. Yeah. Like, people will do that. I think the story will die down eventually, and everybody will then just be like, ah, Will Smith lost his temper. It happens to the best of us. Chris Rock <laughs> maybe made a joke about someone's illness that yeah. he didn't know about or he shouldn't have. And then it'll be, you know, there'll be a new story of the week it'll just be a meme yeah it'll go yeah. It'll live on as a meme but just like the context will be lost it's the replaced Smith the crying meme. jordan meme now. yes it's yeah. replaced <laughs> it now for at least a couple months <laughs> for at least a couple months it's hard to beat the jordan crying meme in general it for the yeah. sports world it's yeah, really yeah, tough yeah. to beat Probably. it um you know i i think back to 2016 and anybody that's a cubs fan that you know where you were what you did when they won the world series um i had a dirty hot dog on the streets of cleveland from a vendor at like 4 a.m and that's, that's one of the things I just remember, like, at 4 a.m., David Kaplan and I were standing with Kelly Crawl, and we were like, hey, let's get a hot dog from that guy. And it's a, just one of those random moments that sticks in your head. How did you celebrate, or how do you remember the Cubs winning the World Series? Because mine was, like, four hours after the game that I, I remember this awful hot dog that I thought was going to haunt me for life. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, I was in New York City. I uh, had to – I was – I grew up in Chicago, Porch Park neighborhood, but in 2014, I moved to LA to do some work. So I was out there for like three years. My first one was born there, moved home. But in 2016, I was still living out there. I had to fly to New York for this meeting. So I watched game six and game seven in New York. And what sticks out to me was in, during the rain delay, 
I stepped outside the bar, and it was in Brooklyn and Greenpoint, so you could see the Manhattan skyline right, it's right along the river there. And the, I noticed, I'm like, oh, there's the Empire State Building. Cool. You know, I never really looked at it. And then when, went back in, Cubs win. As I'm leaving that bar, because I'm going to a Cubs bar in Manhattan to meet up a bunch of people, the Empire State Building had changed to blue. It was lit up in white, and then they had changed to blue. And they I did like, that for the Cubs? For the, I'm like, did yeah. they, they must have done that for the Cubs. And someone said, oh, yeah, they did. I guess wow. there's some, I don't know, there's some Chicago history to that building. Maybe the architect was from Chicago originally. I could be completely wrong with this, but I remember specifically being like, oh, that's crazy. And then on top of that, we went to this bar in Manhattan. I, I met up with some people by myself. So here's what I'll remember. It definitely had like an end of the world vibe. <laughs> yes. I, Especially because of the rain. Yes. Right? It was yeah. just like, what? And oh, so, yeah. yeah, being in New in Manhattan in New York, I would have rather been here, of course, in Chicago. But going to a Cubs bar, and it was an Irish bar on top of that. And I throw that out there because the bouncer was from Ireland. And when I walked up, I, 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 you know, walked up, I could hear them singing We Are the Champions by Queen up two blocks away. It's crazy. I go in, and big, surly-looking Irish guy, and he's like, are you just getting here, lad? I'm like, yeah. He goes, because I'm decked on Cub stuff. He knows. He's like, get the hell in there. And just like, yeah. even look at my ID, smack me in the ass. And as I'm making my way to my friends who were way in the back, every dude high-fives me, and women, kiss, women were greeting people with kisses on the cheek. And like lips and stuff. I felt like dudes were hugging me. Pre-COVID, strange, of strange course. Clearly <laughs> pre-COVID. But strange. I even told my wife, and she was like, eh, they won the World Series. I'm not even mad. I'm like, I wasn't making out with them. It was just like, <laughs> it was like literally every guy, hug. I'm like, I don't know you, but yeah. thanks for the hug. Woman, kiss on the lips. I'm like, all right, hey, how are you? And then it was just, it was it felt like the end of the world. Like we all yeah. found out it's going to, that's it. And just get in the phone while you can. It's crazy. Yeah, that's a better story than mine. I'm so, that, like, that's something that. You could tell your kids about one day. I'm sure they'd love to hear about their dad just <laughs> being a trash bag of a human being. <laughs> That's a good point. Cody, Maybe what not. was it for you? What was it for you? What do you? I was just so I lived downstate at the time. I lived in Peoria, and uh, I lived with a Cubs fan and a Cardinals fan. And thankfully, the Cardinals fan I lived with, he was, you know, he was, he was, he was rooting for me. He wasn't rooting for the Cubs. He was just rooting for me because he knew how much of a diehard I am. And um, yeah, just. I mean, I remember when the when Rajay Davis hit the home run, my roommate who was the Cubs fan, he straight up got up. He's like, I'm going to bed. I can't watch the rest. <laughs> he eventually came back down. But, like, I just sat in the same spot on the couch in just pure shock. And then when the rain delay came, it honestly just felt like misery because it was just like prolonging it with the way that we thought back then, you know what I mean? And, and they won, obviously. And I, like, just was on the floor of my living room and just – I'd, I'd never been happier in my life. I had to FaceTime, like, all my family and and everything. Like, I fell asleep. Like, I, the, the big thing that I can always tell people is, like, I fell asleep with the W flag as, like, my blanket that night. It's so. adorable. <laughs> I, did, I brought it down, and, like, sweet, I was Cody. just, like, I, I didn't I was expect just that soft side of you. man. Like, it was, <laughs> it was a night. I mean, every Cubs fan will say this, but it was a, a night that I'll never forget. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it even when the cut if the <laughs> – Hopefully the Cubs won another one before I die, but like you, I don't think anything that happens after it will 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 top that. Like that was just the night that will be forever in like our our souls, you know. Yeah. So, but like the story, at least, like of you know where you're at, and then going, you managed to find a Cubs bar in New York. Like, yeah, that I, part was I, crazy. I, I was just downstate and like rinky dink Peoria, just like hanging out in my apartment. Like I don't know, it's just. The, the the way the process of all of that is 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 wild how you're able to go through all that. Yeah, it's a bar called Kelly's if you guys are in Manhattan looking for a Cubs bar. It's there a cool spot, lower Manhattan. 
Yeah, I remember also when they won, I went nuts. And I always envisioned when I was a little kid, like, I mean, not too little, but I remember thinking, what will I do when they get that last out? I'm like, I'll probably just break down and cry. I didn't. Yeah. I jumped up and down and went insane. And I remember grabbing a friend by the face and being like, the Cubs haven't won since 2016. Because everyone has always been like, 1908, 1908. So I remember in my head yeah. being like, I can't wait until we could say, oh, our drought is at zero. That right. always seemed so cool to me to finally be able to say that. That was, yeah. that was a crazy year. A crazy year. Um, all right. We got to get to uh, some of our sponsors real quick, and then we'll continue to talk Cubs baseball, a little more Cubs baseball, <laughs> less Will Smith when we go forward yeah. here. <laughs> well, uh, when Joe got here, uh, we were walking up the stairs, and he was like, I've been checking out the bet show, man. You're doing really, you've been killing it. And, uh, you know, I appreciate that. And, you know, on the bet show, we're, we always talk about points bet, which is the best way to support CHGO to go download the points bet app. Thank you, Joey. And use, co- and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. But that's not it. You'll, if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you receive a f- free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. You'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO locker. All for making a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. If you have any questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com and we'll help you out. You're home for live in-play betting. Just got even better. Introducing PointsBet's new feature, live college basketball same-game parlay. For the first time ever, you can build the perfect live same-game parlay only with PointsBet. Combine your favorite bets anytime during the game. Want more? You can also boost your live same-game parlays. Watch live, parlay live, and boost live with PointsBet. And now... Online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish, all from your phone. I say it all the time. If Luke can figure it out, all of you can. (laughs) Plus, during PointsBet Match Madness, all users can earn up to $100 in free bets. During each round, just place a $50 pregame wager and get a free $20 live bet to be used for that round. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. Get me a problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Cody, our next partner, is a product I use literally every day. Started taking AG1 from Athletic Greens because I didn't have time. Wanted better gut health, more energy, optimized immune system. Been taking it now for, what, three and a half weeks? Something like that. I love it. I forgot to take it today, and I came in. What have I been saying? Oh, it's dreary outside. Dreary. I'm moping around. All of a sudden, it rings in my head. You didn't take your AG one. Yeah, you were more like you were like Uncle Stucky for a while, and you went back to like reverted back to <laughs> right. Grandpa. Now Stucky I'm Grandpa Stucky. I'm just shuffling around the room. <laughs> uh, I don't, you know, I don't like the super healthy tasting ones. This one's nice. It's got a tropical taste. Uh, I look forward to it in the morning. So, what is this stuff? Here it is: one scoop of AG one. You're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. It's a special blend of ingredients supporting your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all of those things. I get a noticeable boost of energy, so I take it first thing in the morning, empty stomach, and then giddy up and go. It's a lifestyle-friendly decision you're making, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, gluten-free, dairy-free, all good with AG1. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance for less than just three bucks a day. It's recommended by professional athletes, more than 7,000 
five-star reviews. So right now it's time to reclaim your health, arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, one scoop and a cup of water every day, that's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash chgo cubs again athleticgreens.com chgo cubs to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance all right speaking of power and gut health and energy and focus did we all see the brennan davis home run last night yep yep uh, i was actually asleep and i missed it uh, i saw it this morning me too no. that's when i saw it this morning <laughs> no. i was like hmm. i was telling cody i I, you know, I was kind of working on something, so I had one headphone in, and I was trying to, like, keep one ear on the screen. Um, and I hear Brennan Davis's name, and I look up, like, one pitch. I forgot what the first pitch was, and then all of a sudden he cranks one. I'm like, all right, like, this is this is a big deal. But it was at, like, 11 o'clock at night. Like, cause it, was, yeah. it was a late game, and he cranks this one. And I know uh, Elise Benneker started calling it the bomb ski or something like that. So I was saying bomb ski. I'm like, that's, like, that's the name. That's the name right, for Brennan Davis. that's what Davis. I was just going to ask. Like, what's our – What's our name going to be when he comes up? What are Cubs fans? Is it going to be the Brennan Bombski, a Brennan Bomb? Is it going to be a Davis Dinger? I've heard the Davis Dong, which is kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I tweeted that. You did. Yeah. You yeah, tweeted yeah, between yeah. the two of the poll going. Uh, yeah, it was it was a sexy home run. It was the swing that really impressed me because it wasn't like a meatball pitch. It was kind of an outer third pitch and a little bit yeah. low. And just the way he drove it the opposite way, that's the swing you expect out of someone who's like five years into their professional career. Because yeah. so many young guys, the thing you worry about is them being pull happy, especially Cubs hitters over the last six or seven seasons are often pull happy. He just went with it. It was a real yeah, pretty it was just, stroke. Just to the right of center field, and it, it looks like a moonshot too. Yeah, like it's, it not, was... it's not barely getting out. Like it, the distance traveled was incredible when you look at how high he hit it as well. I mean, the guy's the future. Very strong. Uh, you can see why they're excited about what he can be um, once he gets. Although Ryan will always be our buzzkill and say, "Well, it's not going to happen until it's not going to happen for a while." Not, not, not. Definitely not opening day, Joe. So if you had that idea in your mind, not going to be opening day. I, maybe not second half. I think he everyone will, has that out of their mind. Now. He will yeah. be up. He will be up. Eventually. I was hoping June. I was hoping he'd make them, but maybe it's August, which would be a bummer. I'm going with post All Star break, but. Hey. If if it's June, you prove me wrong. You got me. <laughs> How about a Brennan Booyah for Stu Scott? I like that. I do oh, like that. Yeah. It's not bad. It'll work. work in peace. Um, you wrote something about outfield, and like obviously he's part of that conversation. You wrote it in our member section, but he's he's part of the conversation. He's just not part of it now. So what is the conversation now? Like we're just waiting for him to come. I to me, I, I'll say it. Over and over, I think Frazier's the most exciting possibility if you're not talking about Suzuki, who you expect to be good. Like, if it's just the reclamation projects, Frazier's the guy I want to see. Like, yeah. I want to see him play every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and then we've talked about it already, but the Ian Happ elbow thing, like, I think he on Sunday was his first time out in left field. He had DH the first two times. So, like, Clint Frazier could very well be like left field insurance, have him on the team gives Hap a few days to just DH. Because I, I think it's the throwing that's the kind of bugging him right now more than the hitting. So if Ian Hap can DH, Clint Frazier could be in left field. And 
you know, that gives him a chance to get, you know, to see what they got with him. Because again, he's number a former number five overall pick, right behind Bryant. Like it's, yeah, there's a pedigree there that he could definitely if, out of if, high school. Oh yeah, right, if yeah. he can like reach his ceiling or even get close to it, like that's a 1.5 million dollar deal is kind of a steal. He seems very happy too to be in Chicago. You know, the Yankees have a lot of rules that don't really fly with his personality. <laughs> And you know the concussions. Came a beard. He was he was very out, outspoken about the whole beard thing. I yeah. thought. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like sometimes, like I mean, Jake Arrieta is like the best example. Like when he came to the Cubs, he always talked about how the Cubs just let him beat him, and like he with he his, became, with no sleeves. Yeah, ever. <laughs> he became showing like, off the guns. He yeah. became the the top pitcher that he was projected to be when he was with the Orioles. So I mean, I mean, oh, that's one guy, and I know you know there's other guys that haven't worked out, but. I don't know. I feel like in a way that's kind of like, it, to me, especially when you get a change of scenery and you're allowed to be whatever you want to be, like that can release a lot of pressure on a guy. I mean, he was a five, number five overall pick, had a lot of expectations, and, you know, they gave him – I don't I didn't watch the Yankees that much, but, I mean, I'm sure he didn't get the consistent opportunities, you know, as he would have liked. Yeah, some young players need to come into an atmosphere where they could just play instead of – you know, I mean, obviously – Elmore is the example some fans like to use because he came right into a team that was on the heels of winning a World yeah. Series, and right. it's like you got to produce. So, but he and he wasn't because it was his rookie season in 2017, especially essentially his rookie season. So John Jay got the at bats. Frazier had a similar thing. I'm not saying Elmore would have ended up being anything, but who knows? Where Frazier is a guy who now is in a situation where it's like, let him play, go play. Mm-hmm. If we're not competing for a playoff spot this year, let's roll the dice on some of these guys and let's see what could happen. And he's again, I think he's the most exciting guy. Like you mentioned, $1.5 million contract. You'll never be upset that you signed a guy for that little. Right. He ends up betting zero. So what? Again, right. It's a dice roll. Yeah, it's a one year, $1.5 right. million contract. So yeah, if he ends up betting zero, then it's kind of no. And you have two years of control, 60, though, right? Yeah. After this, though? Something like that. Yeah. Like he's arbitration eligible next year, I think, something like that. But um, well, first, Dingers asks who has better red hair, Clint Frazier or Joe? Well, I love Dingers. Oh. Thank you for that. Shout out to Mitch Nims. <laughs> good, good man, right there. I'm gonna go with <laughs> Frazier because it's curlier than mine. Okay, red and curly—that's just a little bit better of a combination, you know. So that's fair enough. Now oh, Matt Merton or Frazier? <laughs> Matt Merton, Matt Merton, had red hair. Yeah, Matt Merton, that red. Really, it's red. gonna be hard to to overtake <laughs> Matt Merton's. You want to hear a quick story about go. Matt Merton? Absolutely. I sat oh, in the <laughs> I sat in the bleachers in Wrigley Field. Um, when he was playing in left field. Is that your spot, by the way, bleachers? No. No. No offense, bleacher people. It's highly overrated. <laughs> over there. It, no, <laughs> I look, you got to get there too early. And, yeah. and then when they started doing it where you had to get a wristband to prove you're 21, I'm like, oh, oh i got to yeah. wait another line. True. And then I just that had bad annoying. circumstances with some people. I love a lot of bleacher bums, but if I could choose, give me four. Well, now it's the 300 level. It used to be the 400 level. Mm-hmm. Front couple rows right there, yeah. third base side. You could see everything. It's perfect. Yeah. Otherwise, I used to have season tickets in the 200 corner. Because then you could drink at Bernie's, enter right off of Sheffield by the fire station, and get right out before <laughs> yeah. everyone. And you got there that you go. bathroom right there. It's money spot. Yeah. And, yeah. So, yeah, but left field bleachers. Uh, Martin was having that real good. This might have been 2005. Uh, a friend of mine told all these girls around us that I was Matt Martin's brother. They believed it. <laughs> oh wow! And coincidentally, what what really sold it was you know left field bleachers. So the outfielders were playing catch. Uh, my friend goes, "Just throw it to your brother. Stop acting like you don't see him." And he threw it to me. I caught no the ball. Way. Come on. And so then everyone believed it. And so we, a few people ended up buying us beers because we were going to tell them where the players were going to hang out afterwards. Oh. And we left in the eighth just so we didn't have to tell them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, it was all lies. But it was a fun, it was a fun evening of yell, nice. lying at people. Lying um, to people, I should say. 
That was, yeah. That's crazy so, that red hair. Ball. Any redhead. I know. That's what really sold it because they didn't really believe it for a while. Maybe he just had like a sense. Like, red, like do redheads like kind of have that like sixth sense of like my spidey sense? Th- th- this guy needs my help. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe that's just our thing. He was like, he needs sunscreen and a ball. I'm going to help him out. There you go. And he chucked it my <laughs> way. Uh, luckily, though, uh, 2005 and that everyone had smartphones because anyone would have just looked up. Wait, he's from right. Georgia. Yeah. And you sound like you're from down the street, you know? So that might have hurt me a little bit. Um, all right. But yeah. I just, and the second thing I wanted to tell, like, or just bring up, you kind of mentioned how Clint Frazier, like, it's this is the year to have that opportunity, to give guys opportunities. And that's another reason why I'm like, Brennan Davis is going to have his opportunity, but he's 22. Like, he's going to have plenty of time to do that. When you got Clint Frazier, who's 27, you got Hermosillo, who's 27. I've kind of come to the realization that Rafael Ortega is not going to be on the team this year. But he I mean he's thirty. But there's like all these different players that how many are going to have their th- chances. How many at bats do you think Davis needs at AAA? He got what sixty eight last year, I think. I would like to say sixty nine, but it wasn't. <laughs> pretty sure. I mean, I don't know. I don't know but, the at bat number per se, but I. I mean, I don't think they're going to rush him. I think they're going to give him as much time as they can at Iowa. And if he's if he's crushing it, that's going to help him come up sooner. But at the same time, if he's crushing it, but Clinton Frazier's killing it and. You know, Michael Hermosillo is doing incredible. Like there might, there's. I mean, there's a chance that they just. You know, hey, these guys are developing. These guys could be great. Brennan Davis is going to be up here next year, regardless. Let's let oh, these guys okay. finish right. it out. I mean, there's, there's. That DH you're right. Just kind of like you're right. I just you're don't right, want to be right. Buzzkill. It's a buzzkill. Yeah, yeah, but you're right. This is another thing that's. I'm like, there's, there's only so many opportunities that can go out on the roster. Like you're already give. That's why again, Ortega is probably an odd man now because you're not going to. They're not going to get rid of Hayward. I think they've made that pretty clear. Hap is like a staple in that lineup. Suzuki's gonna be right fielder. There's like, there's only so many more opportunities to go around. Where if again, and then if Hermosillo and those guys aren't doing too well, then you bring up Brennan Davis and he's killing it. And you know, there's definitely a shot that he can get up by June, like you said. But I just, I guess I'm more of the pessimistic buzzkill side. But I think they like Hayward to maybe mentor Davis, yeah. perhaps. Yeah. That's something I was thinking about um, just with regards to his value. I wish it wasn't twenty five million dollars of mentoring you know what yeah I mean? well you wish it wasn't on years. the field mentoring yeah that's wish it was uh-huh. he could just dog out a bench coach yeah. already yeah, yeah. No. still pay him the 25 million just be a bench coach huh? <laughs> get off the roster <laughs> i mean i guess he's only 33 still so yeah i mean, I mean no. kind of to like what ryan said it's like maybe hayward transitions back to what we saw in 2020 and 2019 those were probably his two best seasons as a hitter for the cubs and he was he was hurt a lot last year maybe that played into his production as a hitter but the thing is, is like fan, like the average, or not even the average. I feel like even the diehard fan, the expectations for Hayward as a with the bat at least is is not high. So that's why a and, lot of people are like, he's the odd man out. And you never but, know, you know, injuries happen, especially with how short this spring training is. Injuries happen. Injuries kind of forced some of those guys up last time that ended up being great. So Brandon Davis, you know, if there's an opening, some someone, you know, God forbid, someone gets hurt, they like, oh, Brandon Davis, it's your time and. There you go. So then there's a whole bunch of different variables that you cannot plan out ahead of time. I just – yeah, it's just my idea. I think it's kind of like what Dom said yesterday. It's like you just hope that those guys get the opportunities. Like, like don't let Jason Hayward be the reason that Michael Hermosillo isn't getting yeah. it consistent at bats every day or every other day at least. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're looking I – mean, I think you're right. From an organizational standpoint, everything you said makes complete sense. As a fan and – I consider myself a pretty good baseball guy. My fear is that they wait till August and that's not enough time for us fans to get excited about 2023. 
I want to see enough of Davis where I, I could pencil him to 2023 right. being like, I don't have to worry about him. Because he's August, be he's facing garbage pitchers. Every time he plays the Pirates, he's still facing AAA pitchers. Exactly. We could, for, I don't even know what our – I haven't looked that far into the calendar, but if right. we have Cincinnati and Pittsburgh and Colorado right. for that month – Might as well be, like, be in the minor league. Exactly. So yeah. I want to see him enough facing competitive <clears> pitchers. <throat> That's why I'm hoping for June, but I do think you're correct. Because then if, if he go, comes up and kills it and doesn't miss a beat the way he has been, the way he's progressed – then you're excited. You're like, all right, cool. Davis is a potential all-star for 2023. We just want to see signs that this is not going to be a long, dragged-out rebuild, which is why a Correa signing would have been great because, it, you know, I think Suzuki's going to be awesome, but I want him to be, like, the second-best offensive player we sign, not the best offensive yeah. player. Just yeah. one of those things. That's right. I mean, that's fair. And then I think – but I think that's bringing in Suzuki, bringing in Stroman is – the Stroman a three-year deal is kind of weird because I'm like, do you want to compete in the next three years? That's what you kind of want, want to see out of that. Um, That's what we thought, right? Yeah, but yeah. I mean, th this season could be again that development season. Some of these guys aren't developing. Let's give Brendan Davis his chance. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah we'll see. We'll see. And you could goes. sign the free agents next off season if you really want to. But yeah, yeah. all right, so we've been over the last few shows or podcasts, we've been going around the division trying to compare what the Cubs have to the rest of the division. We decided that starting pitching, they were third in the division. Okay, then we went to catcher and we said, okay, they're first and. Then we went to first base, and what did we say? Third? Third. Third. Third again. Now we're at second base, and we're starting at the bottom, and we believe the Pirates are in the worst situation with, uh, Van is it Vanessa Hudgens? Vanessa Hudgens' boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, her, her boyfriend. <laughs> yes. I, I, I only know that because you told me, and then I looked it up, and that she was tweeting that he hit a home run off of Garrett Cole. <laughs> yep. But yeah. I couldn't tell you anything she's in. She's in High School, high school musical. musical. High School Musical. She's in a couple other movies, too, but she's definitely most known for High School Musical, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, she was definitely one of our, like, our generations, like, the crush growing up, so. Still is. Still, still is, for sure. And she's Her. dating a pirate. Don't take yeah. that seriously, yeah. Cassidy. <laughs> uh, so, well, I think you think your girlfriend watches your show. No, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> you, you, you get home and she, she has no you? idea you said that. <laughs> uh, we're going to put Nick Madrigal next in line just because you don't know what you're getting um i will say this that's a fair assessment after all the trolling we did about the cardinals and yachty the other day it is but i also so. think just because he's you know fourth in the division doesn't mean he couldn't move up real quickly because i think the mix of players at second base are kind of eh, like there's some names that have done a few things but there's nobody on there where Ryan Sandberg's not playing in the division anymore. Yeah, you know, right. the, yeah. Rhino's not at second base. Uh, Brandon Phillips isn't over there. Like, there's plenty of room to move up the division. Uh, what do you think of Tommy Edmond and the Cardinals next? Is that? Yeah, I think I think just the fact that Madrigal missed all. You know, the I mean, 2020 season was short by itself, regardless. But then he missed half of last season. I think, like you said, you just don't know exactly where you're getting from. Tommy Edmond just has had more experience and. He's a decent defender. You know, I think he's like a one or two in the Cardinals order. Like, he's he's a good player. Um, maybe Nick Madrigal could pass him up. With He's a lot a like Nico Horner, in my opinion. Yeah. They play toge played together in college at Stanford. Yeah. Um, contact. He can hit for power, um, but he's definitely out, out there to get on base. And, you know, I don't his defense, I'm not exactly it, – it, it's not sticking out to me, but – Definitely is more proven than Madrigal, that's for sure. And that's, I mean, that's a good assessment. I will say he's also someone that Tommy Edmond can also play like four or five different positions on the field, which 
I don't know if Madrigal gives you that. So, like, that versatility. I mean, the Cubs, better defensively. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Ross, Ross wants versatile defenders, and, and yeah. Hoyer's bringing all those guys in. I, th- I think you would like to have more versatility in a defender. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough because Nico is such a, is a, a pretty elite second baseman glove-wise and push him over his shortstop where he's average. So Madrigal at second was really the only spot he could play. Yeah. You don't want him at DH because he doesn't have the power for it. I think mm-hmm. Nick's bat-to-ball skills are elite. He's an elite, elite contact guy who I think he would fall out of bed and hit 300 for you. <laughs> but he's not going to get on base a ton. He's not a big walk yeah. guy. That's why I'm kind of like everyone's penciling him in the leadoff, and I'm a little bit like I kind of like the high-contact bats where there's going to be runners on base for them. I think some of the Cubs' bigger problems was a couple guys get on base and strike out, strike out, strike yeah, out all fair, in a yeah. row, and That's we'd leave fair. a guy at third with one out or a guy at third with nobody out, and nobody could put the bat on the ball. So I think, yeah, Magical is a good spot. Edmund I definitely would have above him, but you're right. I think Nick could pass him if we – but we just don't know yet. There's just not enough yeah. data on him. And he's in a number four overall pick, what, like three or four years ago. Like he, he has Again, we talk about the pedigree that Clint Frazier has. Magical has that too. Like he could be a very good player. This is a big big one. Nico could then back up. There too, you don't know. Nico might end up playing second yeah. base somehow, you and you know, Madrigal gets hurt, or th- there's a lot of things that could happen. Could try him in left field. Yeah, yeah. It'd be interesting to see if they try to actually play Madrigal somewhere else around the field because I don't think the Sox did that. Yeah, but like, kind of like what you were saying, like Ross likes versatile players. He's young. It's not like he's you know used to playing one spot for yeah. his entire life. I, I don't know. I mean, the girl already loaded in the outfield. There's no way he can play third. I mean, sure. Not going to play short. So short I don't know. went from catcher to left field and, and improved tremendously yeah, I mean, as a defender you, out there over the years. You it, never know. It, it would just be nice if he could play any, a, a little corner outfield. That way you can mix and match a yeah. little bit based on matchups and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah we'll I agree. see. So, so yeah, we just, I like where it's at. We decided in our list we were, we were debating – Reds or Brewers, first place for the division at second. And we, we gave it to Colton Wong. Uh, but whether it's the Reds or Brewers, they probably deserve to be top two positions, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, Jonathan India, what do we say? He won the rookie of the year last yeah. year. He's a very good – I mean, he's a good bat. I don't know the defensive numbers off the top of my head, but clearly he was good enough to win the rookie of the year last year. So, um, I think at number two, Jonathan India. But then Colton Wong's just so much more of a proven veteran. Yeah. He's a great, you know, gold glove caliber defender. He hits at the top of the order relatively well. I mean, I think it's clearly he's the best defensive mm-hmm. second baseman out of them for sure. Yeah. Um, and he uh, it makes me sick because he played for the Cardinals too. But, like, <laughs> they both – like, him and Tommy Edmond are very similar types of hitters. Like, you know, contact can hit for power, but also just gets on base. I mean, we like those two guys have annoyed me so much in their times in like of their careers. Like they just remind me so much of the same. Um, but like you said, Wong's definitely more proven. Uh, yeah. I, I thought maybe things would change when he went to Milwaukee. No, he still, he still does all the annoying things there. He too. sprays the ball around too. That's really yeah. why I think a lot of Cubs fans wanted Wong. Well, he's a great defender. Oh, yeah, I remember him that and Javi. Remember that people were like, we got to get yeah. him. Yeah. They couldn't believe the Cardinals cut him over 10, 11 million dollars. Oh, yeah. yeah. And nuts. it would, it would have been a great double play combination. Left-handed bat. Offensively, he's a little overrated though. If you really look at his offensive numbers, he's below league average. Most of his career. He's only had a couple OPS pluses of over hundred, a couple uh, fan graphs over 100. So, but he, he's a different style of bat, yeah. which is why you like to plug him into it. They would have been great for the Cubs lineup in front of, you know, Bryant, Rizzo, and 
I was going to say Schwarber, but he wasn't on the team last year, Contreras, because a guy, again, could go foul line to foul line. Yeah, like you said, he's, he's a guy that can spray the ball, and he just makes contact, like regardless yeah. of the, the batting average or on base, whatever. He just makes contact, and I, again, when – I guess in my what I think of as 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 lead off or table setters whatever it's like I, someone's gonna put the ball in play and because things happen when you put the ball in play whether it's an error sneak through the infield for a single like it's I I would you take that over striking out of course but yes definitely <laughs> over a guy that can't just put the ball contact on the ball so I that, and then that's why I go back to I think Nick Madrigal is the best lead off option on the Cubs right now just because he's gonna put the bat on the ball and then you see what happens from there the he, only thing I agree with you there I. Suzuki's first year in the majors, I think he's going to do great. There will be a slight adjustment. It's true. I kind of liked him there, but we don't have enough power, so you want him in the middle as well. My only thing with Madrigals, I, that's everything you described as a leadoff hitter, I'm on board with, but I want a guy who could go first to third. I there hate station go. to that's station. True. I just don't know he's how good He's not a good base yeah, runner. No. Oh. doesn't that's, seem that's, very good, That's right? a problem. Uh, that's Dom true. mentioned he doesn't walk a lot yesterday, yeah. leadoff. And the other, Sox, I know the Sox guys here would say, Ooh, he's one of the worst base runners ever. Like, yeah. that's, that's definitely a knock on him. So, anyways, yeah, the Colton Wong Love Fest continues on the CHGO Cubs podcast. Uh, how about some points bet love to go with it? Let's do his uh, points bet round two. Uh, if you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us continue to grow is to download the points bet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership which unlocks all our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker, hashtag dope merch. If you have any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we'll help you out. And in case you missed it, online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can actually download the PointsBet app right now, register your account from start to finish, all from your phone. You'll be signing up with the fastest sportsbook easier than ever, so you can start living your bet life in seconds. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. CHGO, what are we doing? Well, if you don't know, we're doing podcasts and live shows every day, every team. Post-game shows will be coming up after every Cubs game, Monday through Friday. Uh, You'll have premium written content in the members section at allchgo.com from Ryan, all of our great writers, uh, as we mentioned many, many times. Dope merch, which now 24 boxes of it are getting ready to be shipped out. So it's just a matter of folding them, getting them presented nicely, and then off to your uh, your mailbox, I suppose. Uh, free shirt when you become a member in the members-only Discord, the CHGO Lounge. Oh, um, go. Look, he's got it up there. Oh, see, that is Ooh. nice. Look at, all that. Look at all that stuff. <clears throat> I like that one. I, I do like the CHGO, like, old Bulls written script there. I like the uh, I like that gray. Flag. I yeah, like the gray flag. Yeah, the, this is the one I'm going yeah. for. Gray flag? I like yeah. the one with like the yeah, yeah. That's the one I'm. They all look good. That's the one they I've ordered right out of the gate. Joey hasn't shown one. it yet, but there's one with the the flag like on the chest, like in the small small print, um, right there. Well, yeah, ah, that is good. This is not good for the podcast, but if you're on YouTube, is it? Oh, you should see it. It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. Uh, Evan Altman uh, was on Twitter today and posted a tweet about opening day tickets, and he was like, "Yeah, I remember the days when." used to sit in the waiting room, the virtual waiting rooms to get tickets for Cubs games, and now there's still tons of tickets sitting for opening day. That's kind of hard to believe because, like, 
if they're still sitting there for opening day, what are they for the day after, which is the game you used to like to go to? Yeah, my dad would take, uh, we'd go to the day after because they were half the price and you'd still get the magnet schedule giveaway, which was very big in the house. It's, it's, <laughs> it should send a message to the ownership a little bit. I mean, you know, I'm trying to be optimistic about the season because we're at the point now where there's nothing you could do about it. Yeah. I've been a little bit more negative than I am accustomed to lately because I just want... The most refreshing thing about when Theo first came in was the transparency. He straight up told everyone, hey, we're going to be bad for some years. We've got to build this thing from the ground up. I mean, we heard stories that Cubs scouts team have email addresses. That's how in the wrong century they were. And now we're hearing it's not a rebuild. It's a retool. But then they're also saying, by 2025, you're going to be impressed. I'm like, that sounds like a rebuild. What are you saying? Now? Just, just be clear. But if and they told you rebuild right now. I'd be pretty mad because yeah. be. <laughs> well, there's no reason to. And we know they right. don't save that money. That was the thing. I always thought with a major organization like the Cubs, all right, we didn't spend anything from 2012 to 2014 except Edwin Jackson's bad contract. And that was one of those things where it's like, we can't have the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, <laughs> you know, budget while charging our ticket prices. So let's throw something at them, you know? Yeah. And like, I didn't think Theo and Jed thought, oh, Edwin Jackson's going to be the piece. But they were like, okay, we can have a $20 million payroll, right? And I always thought, all right, you don't spend on those years, but then the years you're in a window, you go way over because you can. And now it's clear that they're not, they don't do that. They don't operate that way because they do respect the luxury tax. They don't want to go over. I, I understand you don't want to go over too many times, but it definitely felt like there was, they, were, they stopped short those years. Whereas the Dodgers had that whole Bauer thing. You know, that was a blunder right. of a signing, clearly. Yeah. He was a bad person, and he even pitched extremely well while he was in there. Did they respond with going, oh, well, you know, we could have really competed this year, but Bauer. No, they went out and got Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. And then this year they get Freeman. Like, that's it's a fantasy us Cubs fans have. But if we're going to be paying these ticket prices, show us some respect. I mean, this we've been loyal, and we're here, and we're going to be excited and all that. But don't disrespect us. So I'm kind of happy that they haven't sold out opening day yet because I'm hoping that scares them. Like, Michael Conforto's still out there. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I want them to be scared into doing a move where – I want them scared into making a bad signing. How about that? <laughs> Is that crazy? Another Maybe, one? but why not? Make a bad signing. I don't care. I'll never the get first upset. first ever fan, please make a bad signing. Do Show it. me that you love me. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Show me that you care if this is relationship, you know? I don't, it's like we're like the girlfriend was like, at least attempt to cook us dinner. Like that's how we're at right now. Yeah. Even if it's just boiling water and a hot dog. Something. Just a little bit of effort goes a long way. Me and Joe have had a lot of conversations on like Twitter or wherever and uh, kind of about this kind of stuff. And, you know, I always respect your opinion. You're, you know, I, we've talked about, I, I didn't go, my first game at Wrigley Field wasn't until I was 20 years old because I grew up downstate. And the first Cubs game I ever saw was at Bush Stadium, unfortunately. They don't have electricity mm. down there, do they? <laughs> so I don't kidding, think so. I don't, it's, it's, definitely don't get marquee down there. It's a runoff generator. Yeah, <laughs> definitely don't get marquee down there, yeah. Um, but, From Walmart. you know. No, but, you're a diehard, Cody. Yeah, but the th the thing with a lot of it is is I understand your frustration and everyone should be frustrated. And I think I, I've remained like that. I just I guess it's just I feel like a lot of people are just still stuck on what happened at the deadline last year and some people just are refusing to move on. I feel like more people, like more fans are more like they they are like they would rather the like the players that got traded to come out and say that they hate the Ricketts or something like that more than like the Cubs to succeed moving forward. And so like when I get that vibe from people, whether it's in my my own Twitter mentions or even like on the CHGO Cubs Twitter mentions, it's just like to me it's like I don't want to say it's heartbreaking, but it's frustrating because it's like 
grow up a Cubs fan, and yeah, your expectations were nowhere near where they are now. Like, yeah, we should expect to be in the playoffs every year with the kind of market that we're in, and we should expect more after 2016. But at the same time, like, to me at least, it's always going to, like, one of the real reasons why I became a Cubs fan is because they were always underdog, and you you always believed every year and all this stuff, and you're just not really getting that from Cubs fans this this year. And again, like, everyone's entitled to their opinion, and I'm not gay, 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 gatekeeping fandom and stuff like that it's just to me it's just very frustrating like especially like right before they signed Stroman like everyone was so down and like no one thought they were going to do anything and it's just like there's still so many guys out here even if they didn't sign Stroman they they still could have they still could do something and like you know they got Stroman and then they signed Suzuki and and like yeah there's still not enough we were still hoping they'd get Correa or even maybe you know another arm or something like that that was top tier but I don't know like to me, it's just what being a Cubs fan has always been about, to me at least, is just like always having some hope, some belief, and like that's what's different compared to like other teams in the league, you know what I mean? So, I mean, opening day is different, and I understand, um, you know, it, it's cool to go on opening day. The I would just look at the forecast and say, I can see why a lot of people wouldn't be buying it. That's also a good point. I can see why they're not going to buy expensive tickets on opening day for a team that we're not sure about yet. Like also the the weather is 99% of the time like it is today. It's like 33. It's the first so cold. Let's be honest. The first month and a half, you might get lucky and get a unseasonably nice one or two game, one or two games. Those first two months. Yeah. I think I mentioned it earlier too. Like, it's probably going to be Kyle Hendricks to start opening day, so maybe more people will come on on the second day because Marcus Stroman will probably start then too. Good point. And so, like, you know, it, it, I think that kind of factors And in. the magnet schedule, of course. Yeah, the magnet mm-hmm. schedule. I hope they yeah. still do that. I mean, they've been cutting costs left and right. But, <laughs> you know, it's Can't afford it. Yeah, it'd be too much. Hey, you Biblical, get one magnet. Hey, biblical, you got to get rid of the magnet schedule. <laughs> the magnets will really put us in the red. So, you, you know, I understand what you're saying, Cody, with the negativity thing. I was with you with the Stroman thing. Everyone's like, they haven't sent anyone. I'm like, hold on. It'd be one thing if there was no one available. People are yeah. still out there. Calm yeah. down. I agree with you. I was, on, I was lockstep there. And as far as negativity with fans go, I would get mad when, like, say Hendricks gives up a two-run homer in the first, and people are like, this game's over. I'm like, have yeah. you ever watched a baseball game? <laughs> right. This game is far. Yeah. Like, that, those type of fans would really irk me and ruin my enjoyment of things. Right. But I understand but, the frustration. You're like, yeah, we were this underdog team and everything like that. I think the big difference is, though, we're no longer on WGN. They've changed a lot about what – I still think they've done a great job for the most part with the renovations of still keeping the Wrigley Field essence that yeah, we all enjoy. I agree with that. Yeah. Right? And, and it's funny every now and then people are like, oh, it's turned into Schaumburg. I'm like, has Wrigleyville ever been – it's always been kind of have a you, little bit Have you been to Schaumburg? Yeah, it's, it's not, not like Schaumburg. It's not like Schaumburg. <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah, as far as the anger – we now have someone we could point to where before it was the Tribune and Zell and everything else where there wasn't the one person. And I right. think people are a little more informed about things nowadays and they don't want to be, they don't want to feel like a mark. We don't, we, it's insulting when people are like Cubs fans will show up anyway. I feel insulted by that sometimes because it makes it seem like, Oh, we'll just roll out anyone. These dummies will show up. You know, yeah, no one not, wants to be treated like that. That's true. And, and the Ricketts did do a great job for a while rebuilding stuff and everything. And hopefully things turn around. But again, if I could go back to the transparency, I wish they would come out and say, yeah. hey, look, we messed up this renovation budget. We went way over, like they said they did, and that is why we're not getting Bryce Harper. Like, you know, mm-hmm. that stuff like that. That's what we want to hear about. Right. And then I, I would be mad, but at least I'm not being you lied know. to. Going right. like, well, mm-hmm. we decided not to get him because, like, you know, no, be honest with us. You know this team needs help. 
they need a little help. They need a little offensive boost. And you guys signed Daniel Descalso. Like, and there's no way Theo and Jed and, wanted that. And they, traded Tommy Lastello and went on to be great with the Angels and the Giants and yep. the A's and every other team he's been with since. Yeah. It's yeah. a dumb move. And I think it's because Lastello couldn't play shortstop at all. But Descalso <laughs> barely could either. Yeah. Because remember at the end of 2018 – Javi was worn down because he had carried that team on his yeah. back because yeah, he had such right. a breakout 18. You didn't want like, to see need... Descalso in the, in the lineup. No. No, you Cubs fan. It, was, it just didn't work. And they didn't know the Edison Russell situation, so they're kind of like, we need someone who could also play shortstop, which Lestella couldn't do. Right. I'm not sticking up for the move, but that's what their thinking was. I, I'll stick up for a move if I can understand the thinking behind it. Like, obviously, Chatwood was a bad signing, but I understood why they made that mm-hmm. signing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's certain right. deals where you're like, all right, it didn't work out, but I got why you did that. I mean, the Craig Kimbrell one also, like, midseason is like, it didn't work out for the first, what, season and a half-ish? The, the last year did definitely work out. Because he first finally season got spring and a half, training. Yeah, but the first season and a half, it was like, but they needed to sign a closer. They, they needed someone that could be the closer, and he's a Hall of Fame closer. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, I get, I get your point. So. All right. Well, this has been fun. Joe, first of all, where, uh, what can we promote for you? What, what, uh, tell us where to go to see your stand-up work. Well, I perform all over the city. Uh, I'm part of a group of producers called Comedians You Should Know, and we produce shows Wednesday nights at Timothy O'Toole's downtown, which is like Fairbanks in Ontario. Every Wednesday, 9 p.m., ComediansYouShouldKnow.com. Also, if you like to watch my stand-up, I've got almost three hours of stand-up comedy content that is available on Spotify as well as YouTube. So you can watch on YouTube.com slash Joe Kilgallen. It's K-I-L-G-A-L-L-O-N. One awesome. L, not K-I-L-L. Yeah, just one L up front, K-I-L, and then the word gallon, like milk or whatever. <laughs> Beautiful. And, it, again, if you're thinking about going on stage to go after Joe, you're going to get a large can of red whoop-ass. That's right. right? That's, yeah, there you go. Don't mess with the red mamba. He's over here flexing <laughs> for everyone who didn't see. So. Uh, thanks go. for coming by. I hope you come on again. Oh, I'd love to, and thanks for having me. You guys are great. I love everything that's happening with CHGO, Cubs, and beyond. You guys are doing amazing things. Appreciate yeah, it. Awesome. Appreciate it. Uh, And thank you for listening and watching the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by PointsBet. We're back again tomorrow. Until then, take care and fly the W.